This morning, Father God, we just thank you this morning, Father God. You woke us up, Father God. You gave us a mindset on you, Father God. So we thank you for that, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, for what you allow us to do, Father God. What you allow us to have, Father God. We don't take anything for granted this morning, Father God. We just give all praise and we give all glory to you, Father God. And Father God, as the message go forth this morning, Father God, we pray that we don't leave the same as we came, Father God. We pray that we have more knowledge of your word this morning, Father God. So we just thank you. <clears throat> we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So praise the Lord. So, Dr. Carson, I went over there in a praise and worship music this morning, and you might see some duplications because I was doing it in a hurry. So I uh, hope you can figure it out. No worries.
And so she had me do that little Sunday school class. And then when she stopped having Sunday school, that's when I started going to True Life. And uh, that Reverend McLean baptized me in water. That was the first time that I was baptized in water. And uh, I was 10 years old. So, you know, God has been after me a long time. And I didn't come this morning to tell you my life story. Uh, if you want to know more about my story, you can get my book because uh, God told me to write that book. So he's the writer of my story, and you can get that on Amazon if you don't already have it, and it will tell you a lot of what I'm telling you now, but not the whole story. So with that said, we're going to go into the Word. Father, thank you this morning for your Word. We thank you for your people, Lord. We thank you for those that are with us and those that are not with us this morning. We ask, Father God, that you would reconnect them. And Father God, we ask that the ears of the hearers be anointed to hear and their hearts open to receive, Father God, from your word and give you praise in advance for what you will do in Jesus' name. Amen. So basically, we're going to talk this morning, basically, we're going to talk about uh, how we serve an unlimited God. You know, sometimes we try to put limits on God. I see Sister said, uh, Sister Cedric, Brother Cedric in the house, forgive me, please. Uh, but I was getting ready to say something else. Sister Erica, thank you. I, I got it mixed up. But anyway, I see they're in the house, and I thank God for them. So we're going to talk about how we serve an unlimited God and how we underestimate God, but we shouldn't. You see, we shouldn't underestimate God. God is the same powerful God that we read about in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, of course, that was before Jesus came uh, to give his life for us. And so when we talk about that, we want you to see that that same God exists today. And then on top of that, now we have Jesus Christ as our Savior uh, because he went to Calvary and gave his life. So just to kind of summarize what we're going to be talking about, God is infinite. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-capable. And there are no limits restricting God. And despite this, uh, to, his, to our own harm, uh, we as his followers tend to limit the power of God by erroneous thinking. You know, that thinking, we got to get it cleaned up. We call it stinking thinking. But, you know, even after we're uh, saved, after we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we still need to have our minds renewed because we still have that thinking uh, that is erroneous. And so we're going to look at some promises of God's word that will kind of dispel our hope or will dispel the anti-biblical thinking and open you up to receiving this unlimited, the unlimited blessings of God. The more we know, it builds our faith. The more we know about what God 
is capable of doing. It builds our faith. And so this morning with Psalm 78 verses 40 through 43, it says they vexed the Holy One of Israel. Uh, they did not remember his power. The day he redeemed them from the oppressor, the day he displayed his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders in the region of Zoan. And then verse 41, let's go back here. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Now these were the Old Testament saints. These were the Israelites, God's people. And uh, what we're talking about is how we underestimate God, how we limit God. So the word limited is used by the King James Version. Uh, it's not used in the other versions. And uh, I don't think I'm going to finish this message. So next week we'll, or next time I bring the word, we'll talk about what the other translations say about limited. So uh, it, it'll be rendered differently in uh, some of the newer translations, but in the uh, King James Version uh, is limited. And the verses surrounding verse 41 certainly make a good case for the use of the word limited. Uh, so Israel diminished their expectations of our unlimited God. They, the, the scripture goes back, I'll go back to verse 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. We can limit God in our lives. And many of us do because we won't, we don't have faith. We don't believe. We don't know what the word says sometime. Whatever the case, we limit God. And we need to stop that. Uh, when Scott was with us, he used to sing a, a song and the words of that song said, take the limits off take the limits off. We need to ask God to help us take the limits off of him and let him uh, be as powerful as he is because he is a powerful God. And so verse 42 said, they did not remember his power. This is uh, Psalm 78, y'all. They did not remember his power his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders. In fact, they put their own limits on God's intervention in their lives by failing to remember his historically demonstrated power. They didn't even remember what he did in past days. They put the limits on God. Uh, they didn't remember his demonstrated power, the signs and the wonders. Like Israel of old, we too limit God. Not necessarily deliberately, but we still often diminish our expectations of his unlimited power on our behalf. We consider him less in omnipotence. We doubt his constant willingness to bless. We do not remember his power, his miraculous signs, his wonders. We forget the word of God, uh, Malachi 3 and 6, that says, I am the Lord, I change not. 
He is forever the same all-powerful God who delights in blessing his people. And that's what we need to remember. We need to remember that he is that same powerful God. He's just as powerful today as he was at that time uh, when this scripture was uh, being fulfilled, when it was being written, the Old Testament. Jesus healed all who came to him in faith. The apostle Peter healed individuals and, and the multitudes. The apostle Paul had a remarkable record of ministering divine healing. Philip had great healings in Samaria. And God, through a disciple named Ananias, healed Paul's blindness. Now, we're talking about healing now. And this is a subject that we have many, many people doubting about, you know. And they doubt that God can heal. And uh, they want to say that that was for uh, then. It's not for now. And I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says God stopped healing. I can't find anything that says that God doesn't heal anymore. But we have people saying that. And they say that, you know, the doctors can heal you. The doctor cannot heal you. The doctor can treat you. Thank God for doctors. And I'm not an anti-doctor preacher. I'll tell you, you need to go see the doctor. But not for your healing, but for the treatment for whatever's going on in your body. And God will do the healing. And right now, I'm being reminded of that every day, of course, because uh, I have uh, knees that are bone to bone, bone on bone. And uh, I've had a couple of treatments, but I'm continuing to believe God for my healing. The doctor was very kind and he told me what he could do for me, but he can't heal me. God can heal me. And I had this right knee. I had some difficulties with it. Oh, I, I'd say at least five or six years ago. And I believe God for healing. And that knee didn't give me any trouble at all after that. Uh, now it's the left knee, but both knees, the x-rays show that there's no, uh, nothing but bone there. And it's rubbing against the bone. But let me tell you, I'm talking about myself, but let me tell you uh, that not just Jesus, but believers consistently heal the sick. Now, what I'm saying is, do not limit God to healing only. While Jesus walked the earth, Okay, don't get confused. Do not limit God to healing only through the apostles. In fact, it is the honor and privilege of all believers to lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover. That's Mark 16, 17, and 18. Now, let me break that down for you so nobody goes away saying I said something that I didn't say. What we're saying here is God can use the saints 
to pray for people. He can use the called out ministers of God to lay hands on the people. And Jesus walked here on earth and laid hands on the people and they got healed. He is not saying uh, what some of you may think that I just said. So I want to make it clear that God can use others to pray for you and you receive your healing, but God causes the healing to come. Not that human being that laid hands on you. That's where I'm trying to go with that because I don't want nobody going away from here saying that uh, Pastor said that we can lay hands and we can heal people. No, you can't. You can lay hands on people and pray and God can heal people. That's what I'm really saying. So we wanna always remember that. Believers are able to lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover, but it doesn't say that we heal. God is the one that heals. We just lay our hands on the sick in faith. And so Exodus 23, 25 and 26, worship the Lord your God and his blessings will be on your food and water. And the scripture says, I will take away sickness from among you. So blessings will be on your food and water, and I will take away sickness from among you. This is what God is saying in his word. You can read it in Exodus 23, 25, and 26. So for the worshiper of God, he is the Lord who will take sickness from among you. This is taking away, this this taking away of sickness is one of God's blessings for the worshiper of God. It's one of God's blessings to take sickness away. So when you get sick, you don't pray for somebody to come lay hands on you. You pray and ask God to heal you. And if he so chooses to send someone to lay hands on you, that's okay. But what you want is God to heal you. So you're not going to limit God. Because if you say, well, God sent somebody to lay hands on me, then if that person is resistant to do what God told them to do, like I have been in sometime, you know, God told me one time when I was, before I left going to Rhema, I had some neighbors that lived across the street. And the, and the husband was a young minister. And uh, his wife was, of course, saved. And uh, she didn't work. She uh, stayed home. He was retired from the military, and he worked at the post office. So she didn't work. She stayed home. And so shortly after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to me, uh, you go across the street and pray for Elizabeth. That was her name. She's gone home to be with the Lord. And she, she said, go home, go across the street and pray for Elizabeth. I had just stopped working my secular job because God had given me the instructions to stop doing that. He was getting ready to send me to Ramah is what was happening, but one step at a time. And so I said, well, Lord, I don't want to go over there uh, because she'll think there's something wrong with me. He said, go over there and tell her that you want to pray for her. And so finally I said, okay, I'm going. So I got up and went over across the street to my neighbor and I 
knocked on her door and she opened the door and she said, oh, come on in, Sister Frazier. And uh, she was doing her ironing. Yeah, we used to have a day to do our ironing because a lot of clothes we had needed to be ironed in those days. And so she said, I was just sitting here, just thinking about, you know, I, I, I was just sitting here and just thinking about the Lord. So I said, well, uh, the Lord told me to come over here and pray for you. So would you mind letting me pray for you? And she said, oh, yes, of course. And so we started praying. I started praying for her. And right in the middle of my praying for her, she blurted out, oh, Lord, I just thank you for sending Sister Frazier over here. I was so lonely. And I'm just so thankful that you thought about me and sent her over here. Okay. So there was my verification that what I was doing was what God told me to do. See, because oftentimes we question God about what people going to think. Well, what they going to think is what they going to think, but you don't know what they said to the Lord before you even God even spoke to you. So, but the healing, we are talking about healing this morning. And healing is one of God's benefits for his children. So Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases. He didn't say he just healed one kind of disease. He heals all of our diseases. And so when we have sickness in our bodies, we need to stand before God and ask him to heal us. Now, we don't dictate to him how he's going to do that. We just ask him to do it. And then we stand in faith and believe that he's going to do it and that he heals all of our diseases. It means exactly that. Don't limit God in his desire to heal you. We think about Betty Price, Sister Betty Price, the wife of uh, the late Fred Price, who was such a teacher of the word. And we think about her being diagnosed with cancer. And when she was diagnosed with cancer, she was believing God for her healing. So she uh, was going through a lot of pain and discomfort. And so her husband, Fred, who's a great teacher, was a great teacher of the word and a man of faith. Uh, he would lie awake, he said, at night and just cry because silently because his wife was in so much pain. And he kept saying to her, why don't you go, to, why don't we go to the doctor? Well, she said, no, I'm believing God for my healing. I'm, I'm walking by faith, she said. And this woman was dying. She was literally dying, and the pain was unbearable. And finally, God got her to understand, I can use the doctors. Just like I use your husband to lay hands on the sick, I can use the doctors. And so finally she went to the doctor. And as far as I know, she's alive today. Brother Price went home to be with the Lord a few years ago, but she's still alive today. You see, we need to limit God. We need to let God show us how he's going to do it. 
but knowing that he is going to do what he says he'll do. And so with that said, we cannot limit God. We need to take the limits off this morning. Whatever you believe in God for, if it's not your healing, if it's your finances, we need to take the limits off. We can't tell God who to have bring us some money. All we know is that we need some money. All we know is that we we got some uh, hardships. Of, uh, we need money. I told, uh, I think I tell in the book about my being in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when I went there, I didn't have much money, just enough to get me there. I didn't even have enough to pay my tuition uh, to start Raymond. God has a little couple, young couple that I knew from the church in California who helped me pay my tuition to start uh, 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 Rama. And then another couple of months came and I didn't have my tuition to payment because uh, my house was up for sale. And if you read that book, you know it stayed in escrow, escrow uh, for far longer than it should have. And so I'm believing God uh, for uh, <clears throat> to help me. And so all of this time, God had been faithful to help me. And then there came a time when I was in drought. I did not have any money. I did have no gas for my car. I was just really in bad shape. But I had enough gas to go to the church. And at that church that I was attending, they had uh, intercessory prayer on Saturday morning. And so I went over to the church, and I was praying over there. And when prayer was over, this woman named Martha, she, I had seen her at church, but I didn't know that lady. He came to me and said, I would like to invite you to come to my house with me now and have breakfast with us. And so I said, oh, thank you so much. She said, oh, no, you come. You follow me in your car to my house. So I went to that woman's house, and uh, uh, she prepared a lovely breakfast for us. And then every time I said I was going to leave, she had something she wanted to give me. And so she sold, sold Mary Kay cosmetics. I don't know if y'all know about those cosmetics. Anyway, she gave me lipstick. She gave me all this stuff. And then when I got ready to go, she said, oh, wait a minute. And then she gave me something else. And finally, she said to me, you know, I just have to ask you, because you sure don't look like you need nothing. She said, but do you have any food at your house? And I said, no. She said, well, the Lord told me that, but you just look like you don't need nothing. So I just, <laughs> I just been trying to keep you here because God kept telling me, to do these things. So she said, you come on. We were going to go down here, she said, and go to the freezer. And she loaded me up with enough food to take me through until I would have money to buy some more. And, uh, you know, it was God's doing, and I resisted it. I didn't understand why that woman was trying to keep me at her house. So we need to not put the limits on God. It's not only for healing. 
is for anything that we need. God meets all of our needs. And when we ask him to do something for us, we need to believe that he's going to do it. So not only for your healing, but he provides every need you have. But you know, the scripture says in Exodus 15, 26, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all of his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I'm going back to healing now. For the godly believer, God is not an afflictor with diseases, but a healer from diseases you know we hear these people saying uh you know uh, about they waiting for god to heal them uh maybe god is not willing to heal me but rather is teaching me through this and is blessing others by my example well who gets blessed by somebody being sick let me break that down to you. God's teaching me a lesson. That's why I'm not getting healed. That's the biggest lie that's ever been told. God got all kinds of ways to teach you. He don't have to make you sick to teach you whatever he's trying to teach you. You know, you, he don't have to send you out in front of a car uh to run over you to teach you a lesson. He don't have to give you cancer to teach you a lesson. God don't give sick. Sickness and disease comes from the devil. Now let's go back. Let's go back in our history <laughs> to the first book of the Bible called Genesis where God had Adam and Eve in the garden. And they were in the garden of Eden and God told them as long as you don't eat from that one fruit of the one tree, the fruit of that one tree, you're going to be all right. That's my paraphrase. And Eve decided that she was going to be curious and she got in cahoots with a snake. Snakes had legs then, you know. There were many dinosaurs, I think, but that's my belief. But anyway, this snake talked to her. It was the devil. And that was the way he was presented to her. And he spoke to her and told her God was trying to keep stuff from her. Uh, that, fruit would, that fruit would just do her good. It would open her eyes. She could really see and all of that. And she ate the fruit and gave her husband some. And they ended up being kicked out of the garden naked and then we had to have some bloodshed because they needed to kill some animals because the fig leaves wasn't working as far as them having clothes this is a short presentation of genesis for you all and the fact of the matter is sickness and disease came as a result of eve's disobedience she and her husband adam i'm not gonna leave him out because Yes, she ate the fruit, but he ate some too. So come on, let's be real. She, she ate it and he ate it. And then they realized they were naked. And then, you know, they got kicked out of the garden. And sickness and disease and death became a part of what we know today. So why would God want to make me sick? 
to teach me a lesson. Why can't he teach me a lesson through his word without making me sit? God does not make people sit. Y'all, y'all quit lying on God. God didn't give you whatever you got this morning. It's the devil. And we come against that lying spirit of Satan and that sickness in your body this morning in the name of Jesus. So Jesus it tells us in the word, was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities, excuse me, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, thank you very much. So if you don't believe me, you go back and look and see what Isaiah said. And he prophesied that before Christ was even thought about, that he would come and that would happen. And so don't let nobody tell you that God makes you sick to teach you a lesson. That's a lie. That's a lie from hell. <laughs> so don't let nobody tell you that. And all you need to do if you're out of uh, fellowship with God, you sin, or whatever, you know, you sin, you're out of fellowship with God. Then you repent. Repent, and in repentance is that tell God that you are godly sorry for what you did and ask him to forgive you. But, you know, God is always willing to heal you. God didn't intend for any of us to be sick, and if it had not been for that mess in the garden, we wouldn't even have sickness. We wouldn't have death. All of that came as a result of the fall in the garden. But God is not making you sick to take you uh, to to, to uh, uh, give you a lesson. And uh, don't limit Him. Don't limit the Lord in the realm of healing, because He is willing to heal you. Jesus said to the leper. I'm willing. The leper said to Jesus he wanted to be healed. And Jesus said, if you are if you're willing, I can heal you. And the leper said, I am willing. So are you willing today for God to heal you? Are you willing today for God to change your circumstances, change your finances, change your heart? change your mind, whatever it is, wherever the change needs to come. Are you willing today? Do you think of miracles as only for Bible day? Or do you believe that miracles are for you today? Remember the scripture at Malachi 3 and 6. It says, I am the Lord and I change not. Remember Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus performed miracles in the first century. He is the same today <clears throat> and still does miracles in the 21st century. Neither God the Father nor Jesus Christ his Son has changed. They work miracles among the people in times of old, and they continue to work miracles in the modern time. I tell you all, I look at a miracle every time I see my granddaughter Kamaria. Some of you 
have heard me testify. Kamaria was born and her liver didn't work. And by the time she was uh, uh, a month old or so, she was jaundiced, if you don't know what that means. Her liver wasn't working properly and her skin turned uh, yellow. Her eyes, everything worked. that should have been a different color was yellow and uh, this little baby couldn't keep anything on her stomach she she couldn't uh, digest her formula and so uh, she at six months old still weighed uh, seven or eight pounds she just wasn't thriving at all and what we found out was is that she needed a liver and God began, my son, I walked in faith for all of that time. He never gave up and said, she's not going to get better. She's not going to get well. She, he stood before God and said, I believe that you're going to heal my daughter. My daughter, he wouldn't let anybody else talk to him about anything else but healing for his daughter. And at six months old, God blessed her with a liver. And the liver was from a child that was older than she, but they made it fit. You know, one of the things about a liver is if you take a piece of it away, it will fill in itself. And so they made that liver fit in that little six-month-old body. And let me tell you today, she's going uh, to St. Mary's College to learn to be a nurse to take care of other people who need a healing so don't tell me that times change that god don't heal no more and he heals the way he wants to heal then we don't need to set limits for him betty price testimony will bless you you can look it up online betty price uh crenshaw christian center her husband's name was fred price he's gone on to be with the lord but if you read Read her story. You will see that she put limits on God. And the minute she uh, released God to heal her the way he wanted to heal her, the doctor came and got involved. And that woman is cancer-free, and she's been cancer-free for many years now. You can't put limits on God. What you do is you ask God for whatever it is you need. And then you believe him, you thank him, you praise him, you testify by about how you believe in God for your healing, but don't doubt him. Don't try to put limits on him. Let him have the freedom to choose how you receive your healing. I'm not finished with this, but I'm going to stop right now. And uh, I thank God for the opportunity to even bring this up because, you know, I don't know who I'm talking to. If it's not you, somebody you know, I, whoever it is, I'm, I'm saying don't put the limits on God. Don't put the limits on God. And he is the same yesterday and forever. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. That's what it tells us uh, in Hebrews 13 and 8. And then remember Malachi 3 and 6. I am the Lord. I change not. So I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to leave you with that thought today that I am the Lord and I change not. Praise God. We're going to get ready now to dismiss.
we're going to uh, anyone who is on here that is not knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, we want you to know if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, raised you from raised, raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And uh, you can give us a call. We're happy to. Uh, minister to you by telephone. You can get us at 650-814-6705. And we thank God for each one that is present with us this morning. And I'm going to ask Reverend to dismiss us. Amen. Amen. Take the limits off. All right. I remember we sung that song on many of Sundays, Take the Limits Off. So if uh, anybody listening later or whatever, that's what we need to do. Take the limits off. God has no limits. And so he would do whatever we need. We need him to do. He gives us whatever we need. So uh, uh, whatever it, it is, just take those limits off. Because <laughs> I, I know I've had limits myself. I used to say, oh, I can't ask God for no gas for my car. He too busy. Well, I'm, I can't ask for no gas. I can't ask for no bus fare. See, I can ask God for anything that I need. And if he hears me, if he hears me, I, I can get those things that I need. But anyway, you, you heard what the pastor said. Take the lemons off. That's what we gonna name this one, Pastor. When I when I when I get off work, I'm gonna uh uh post it and uh uh hope other people hear it as well. So All right. So, Father God, we just we just thank you, Father God. Once again, Father God, we thank you for the message, Father God. We thank you, Father God. We have no rights to put limits on you, Father God. We have no rights to even put limits on you. So we thank you for that message, Father God. We thank you for the messenger, Father God. And we just pray that other people are, are able to hear this message and get the message, Father God. So we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you today. We thank you for each and every one here today. We thank you for the ones who will listen later, Father God. We thank you for the ones that are, that are calling Bread of Life their, their church home, Father God, but are not here. We ask that they come back, Father God. So we just want to thank you as we carry on our week, Father God, that we remember, Father God, that there is no limits on you, Lord. As we carry on this week, Father God, we just pray, Father God, that you're always there with us in the midst, Father God. So we're just going to thank you this morning, Father God. We're just going to give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you all the glory because all the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Y'all have a blessed, safe week.